Welcome to the Skyward Spiral, a self-improvement and productivity podcast. I'm David Whitechapel. I'm a fiction writer and content creator, and I'm working on being more productive and efficient with my time and energy. I really enjoy learning about self-improvement and productivity and always aim to apply the best lessons I learn to my own work and practice. I'm Brent Harris. I'm a productivity coach. What I do is I bring people into sustainable, high-level productivity, and you could say I'm on a general mission to get as many people into that state as I can. How are you today, Brent? I'm well, thank you. Uh, recording out of Toronto. Uh, I don't know if I ever mentioned this, but uh, you know, to the listeners, but I'm uh, out here in Toronto, and uh, we have these nice autumn rainy vibes going on right now. It is perfect. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm I'm good. I should say I guess we haven't talked about this, but I'm recording out in London. Um, pretty nightmarish evening yesterday because we uh, our water got cut off everyone in east or a lot of people in east london lost water for the evening so that was yeah that was pretty um well it was something we had to figure out i was filling up a lot of bottles and i filled up my bath but everything was fine in the morning so it's all resolved now just a little scary moment where you're like the world really is ending yeah in yeah yeah it's too real around these times you know you don't we uh, there's yeah it's crazy can't have any of that happening Anyway, so today's topic is iteration, uh, which I wanted to talk about because it's something I think about a lot in my own creative work. And I think it's not only fundamental to uh, creative work, but also uh, trying to create change in your own lifestyle and day-to-day habits and routines. Um, It's a really important overriding mechanism of all of these things. Uh, have you thought much about iteration before? Do you talk about it at all with your clients? Anything like that, Brent? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So in my world, the uh, language that I would usually use is the self-integrity principle. It's kind of one of my uh, earliest and most foundational principles that I coach people on. And uh, and the idea being is that like a lot of people that I speak to and maybe a lot of our listeners here um, have trouble with self-control. And um, it could be like a really a basic kind of sense of like, I keep wanting to do things and I keep intending to do things and I never actually do it. And so the solution has been to focus more on making some kind of a promise and keeping it very small, very manageable, and generally like say much lower than what you think you're, you know, um, generally capable of, uh, keep it really small and then make sure to fulfill that promise no matter what it is. And then so do that and then have multiple iterations of that. And then every time we do that, every time we go through an iteration of saying that we're going to do something and then actually doing it, there is a connection that is created between these two aspects of ourselves, the part of us that imagines and the part of us that implements, or what I sometimes call the inner leader or the and the inner labor. And so in every time we go through an iteration of saying that we're going to do something and then doing it, that bond is restored, it's strengthened and reinforced. And and I found that it's the strength of this bond that determines our ability to manifest our actual greater goals and ambitions into the physical world. So so this this point of setting up multiple iterations is it's crucial and like indispensable in the sense that nothing really happens without it all right yeah that sounds like an interesting compliment to uh what i'm going to be focusing on um so today is at least my part is more of a nuts and bolts thing i really want to talk about i want to talk about sometimes on this podcast really the the uh you know the mechanics of creative work it's something i think about a lot uh trying to make myself more efficient and and really analyze what i do and how i do it and if i'm doing it the best way um, as you guys will know, if you've been listening to podcasts so far, I'm a writer and I also am a content creator, as in my intro- introduction. And uh, I think um, a lot of being a creative uh, is about uh, improving at a skill or a set of skills. So in the writing case, it's it's writing prose. And if you're a musician, then it's playing the instrument and performance, etc. If you're a painter, then it's uh, it's painting, etc. It's sketching, designing, etc. Um, so lots of these things, uh, I think iteration is absolutely core to the creative process and appreciating that it is core uh, can help des- help uh, design your how you work and um, and your sort of work lifestyle balance. 
Um, so I thought I'd just break down what I think iteration is, my own definition of it. And the purpose of it, the purpose of iteration uh, overall, I would say, is controlled improvement. So that's what I want you to be thinking about, a controlled improvement. So we're aiming to improve at a skill or at uh, a design you know, working example of a thing, um, we're aiming to improve something and in a controlled way. So not just random or like, you know, sudden, a sudden burst of enlightenment that, you know, everything all works out. And rather it's, it's a very uh, exacting, careful methodology of controlled improvement. So the first thing is that your first idea almost always isn't the best idea. And once you accept that, then you can be more comfortable having initial ideas because initial ideas can be anything and you know that there's a process taking it from that initial spark to something workable and again this works across many different things if you're creating a product if you're starting a business if you're writing a novel if you're painting a painting um the first idea isn't necessarily the best so and the process of iteration uh, is a multi-step process where you get to uh, improve that initial spark in a controlled way. I've broken it down into four steps. So the first step is to define the problem or uh, make an initial design. Uh, and that could also be called the planning stage or blueprinting stage. And the second step is to then try and solve the problem or try and implement the design. And this, this I would call the prototyping stage. The third step then is to get feedback somehow which can be in many different ways which i'll come to on how your design or your solution to the problem actually works out and the fourth and final step is to iterate which is to after finding problems uh, that need to be addressed in the initial design you go back again and redesign with those in mind creating a feedback loop and you go through that until you have your finished product or design or whatever um, pretty simple to state that in, in those four steps, maybe a little harder to implement in practice, although a lot of it you, you, you do, and you don't even realize you're doing it. And basically it's all about working in a way, uh, and, and having this feedback loop so that you can figure out as you're working on something, as you're designing something or creating something, what works and what doesn't, you keep what works and you carve away what doesn't. I like that as an idea. And I think a major pitfall that you can avoid that way is like the alternative is to instead of doing like these little iterations little iterations it's tempting to sometimes just go full on into one particular product or one particular endeavor and to not test it or stress test it or evaluate it and just try to get the whole thing done maybe at the service of saving time or whatever and then if you do that, it's actually the likelihood of it working out that way is really low, I find. And so I really, I really like what you're saying here because if you can, if you can go through multiple iterations and and test it. So say like if you're, you know, I don't know, creating music or creating some kind of art, you can make something and then show it to somebody and start getting feedback and then grow it based on the on the feedback you can start with something that's successful and scale it up instead of just like devoting all of your energy and effort to something and hopefully it works out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I want to talk more about feedback in a, in a second actually. But so with those four steps, there's kind of four skills that you need. The first skill is um, being able to properly define a problem or design your initial design. And that's, uh, that's a sort of base creative uh, quantity that you if you're a creative person, you probably already have that. You probably don't have too much trouble coming up with a thing, coming up with an idea. Um, for the second step, which is prototyping, there is a skill in creating a working prototype that does everything, that captures everything that you want it to and is is deliverable to whoever you want it to be delivered to. Kind of in my mind, I'm imagining like a product here, but again, it could be anything, piece of art. And uh, it also could be things... I didn't mention this earlier, but it could be things that, uh, you know, like habits in your own life, lifestyle choices, etc. And then the feedback step requires that you have a proper way of collecting and uh, of collecting and evaluating feedback. And the final stage of actually iterating, going back to the first step, involves using those evaluations to uh, to a properly 
um, affect your redesign. So those are all the steps that are required. And, and the most important ones, I think, are obviously creating in the first place, having being able to make something. We talked about that a bit um, on our uh, fourth episode, episode four, I think, launch, about how to come up with new ideas. But it's very important. The feedback section is very important where you're not only collecting feedback in a very uh, controlled way, where you're able to say what feedback is about what and you know what parts of your design or your art or whatever works and what doesn't and you're able to evaluate the quality of that feedback as well could i ask just uh, if we can back up one more time because i i really like this and uh and i haven't actually looked at it this way before can we get those four steps but just like um like a condensed version of each step so i can just kind of fit into my mind a little bit better so like number one is this number two is this number three so on from there okay so my own labels for them i didn't completely like make a make a really neat uh version of this Mm -hmm. um and there may be something out there but my four steps are blueprinting or planning Mm -hmm. prototyping is the second step okay feedback slash bug hunting Mm -hmm. is the third step or bug fixing Mm -hmm. And iterating is the last step where iteration is is taking the bug fixes and implementing them and going back to the first step again. Okay. Okay. It's interesting because all these words you're using, like I imagine you're using this process in your writing. And it's interesting because I'm not used to people referring to their writing with these terms, like say bug fixing and so forth. Yes, absolutely. Well, I the reason is I, I do use these in my writing and I had to think about it a bit Um before coming to this topic, I, I was thinking about it a bit because I think people use this across the board, creative tasks, uh, product design, um, even, again, things affecting your own lifestyle. And I don't think they necessarily think about them as think about this as the same sort of macro process, mm-hmm. but I think it is. Uh, so that's why I really tried to break it down into this sort of universal notion. Gotcha. So yeah, in writing, so yeah, let me break this down into how I do it with writing. So mm-hmm. the blueprint is just me writing fresh prose, sort of the uh, unedited. I'm just putting stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, well, actually, no, it's not that. Sorry. The blueprinting is me having the idea, right? And maybe an outline. The prototyping is me typing the prose for the first time. Okay. So putting together something. The feedback, it could be me rereading it and doing uh, an edit of saying what I like or don't like. It could be me going to a writing group and presenting my work to other people. It could even be me selling my book or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the iteration is taking that feedback and taking it into your prose and ideas and design for the, your next written piece of work. Gotcha. And would you do that, say, like on a chapter by chapter basis of something? So, well, for writing, I get, we'll dig into writing a little okay, bit. Okay, Obviously, yeah. this is meant to be broad, right? But yeah. for, um, for writing, yeah, uh, chapter by chapter my pro- the personal process is i'm writing something i'm reviewing it and i'm editing it and a lot of that i just do on my own so the feedback is my own feedback okay um but i also have a writing group so there it's also chapter by chapter but in the sense of i'm bringing a piece to uh the other writers that i have that group with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they give me feedback and then i i use or uh you know sometimes ignore or whatever evaluate that feedback and mm-hmm. put it into my own work that way um and I think in writing, by the way, having a having a writing group or something like that is really, really helpful because in the, the end of the day, fiction is read by an audience of people you've never met. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. don't know how they get, they're not necessarily going to think exactly like you. And other readers are always going to spot things that you don't spot yourself. So it, it's super important in writing itself, I can tell you. Amazing. How long have you had this as a model? Because it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it sounds good. I really like it. As an invisible model... Yeah. I think everyone has this whenever they're doing anything creative. I think gotcha. you kind of stumble across it because it's a natural process. As in actually figuring it out, really only I, I really put this together for uh for the podcast this week. Oh, um see. I've come across it before in uh in the art world. I, I know that I've I've seen people talk about um drawing and learning to draw and sketch and design uh art as an iterative process mm-hmm. and, and it's best done as an iterative process. You can draw the same thing many times and you'll get better at drawing that thing. Mm -hmm. Repetition kind of breeds, uh, you know, familiarity and comfort with the medium. So, uh, yeah, I've seen this mentioned in the, obviously it's talked about in product design a lot and Mm -hmm. in, um, Mm -hmm. 
in certain business flows because there it's about efficiency there it's about maximizing efficiency and um in design it's about maximizing like ux user experience or something like that gotcha so they're very distinct measurables i think that's important too that's not really in my list but with the feedback and evaluation you also want a measurable that you're comfortable with uh dealing with so if it's from other people you want to be able to really grab what they say you don't want what they say to be too vague to do anything with you want them to say things that are concrete enough that it can affect your design and um your prototype your next prototype right on right on so it's all about like constructing this really effective good feedback loop that lets you improve and that's why i give the whole thing this umbrella notion of controlled improvement gotcha okay so i just I just want to make sure that I totally get this. So let me see if I can give this back to you in my own words and then uh sure. And then I'll, I'll feel like I've gotten it. So uh okay, so the blueprint so it's like blueprint prototype edits bugs and then iterations. And and so the blueprint blueprint is like that's maybe like my word would be like the visioning phase. Yes. It's where it's yes. like oh it's like and we start with nothing and we just go into our imagination and it's like okay and 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 cr- tell me if i got this right where it's like in the blueprint phase that's when we have our license to be unrealistic in the sense of we can bring all the options on the table you know like nothing you know nothing um is is off limits just to start with it's like okay how big could this be how good could this be where could this go um what would i like to include um you know in the best case scenario what would we get and and then and then the process of going through the stage one of blueprint is taking that vision and then deciding on and then going from unrealistic to unrealistic to realistic so deciding on something that it's like okay i actually this is on the upper limit of what i think would be good but also what i think i can accomplish yes it's not just um what's you you can certainly propose things that are unrealistic in the prototype phase but sorry in the blueprint phase mm-hmm. but yeah, when you get to the prototype phase, then it has to be realizable, right? Yes. It has to be, the prototype is, yeah, in my definitions, the prototype is a realized version of the thing. And the okay. reason why, um, with the blueprint, it's not only that, uh, that like, ultimate design of, like, what whatever could be possible. Okay. It's also, within this um, framework, within these four steps, the iteration loop, there's two problem solving processes the first is your own ingenuity of solving a problem and that's in the blueprint phase so you think oh how can i design this i'm, I'm thinking i'm imagining mm-hmm. uh some some kind of cute mechanical design now just to, just in terms of what i'm imagining when i'm talking about this right. uh, so you think how can i solve this problem like oh here's a neat way of doing this you know i put this screw here and put this lever here or something like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. um and then the second uh problem solving process is the feedback where people say oh i didn't really like how this worked and now you have and and they might even say oh i prefer if this was like this gotcha is that three or four the feedback part um the evaluation is sort of uh in step three and then it leads in using that evaluation is in step four uh okay gotcha so so prototype so prototype that's when we actually make the thing so we go from the imagining phase to the to actually realizing whatever it was in the prototype or in the blueprint rather and then and then and then three is when we start involving other people yeah or again i as i said before feedback could be from yourself you could be doing it yourself um the prototype is is making a thing it's not necessarily it's not the finished thing gotcha you never you never make the finished thing first time Fair enough. So it's also like say stress testing and 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 editing and, and as you said earlier, like looking for bugs, like kind of yes, um, testing for weakness, testing for all sorts of things, whatever your criteria are. Okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. So as a writer, when I'm editing, I'm obviously looking for spelling and grammar mistakes. I'm also looking for flow. I'm looking for uh, things that make sense or don't make sense. I'm looking for continuity. I'm looking for that the characters are expressed in their way. Uh, I want them. I'm looking for that they, uh, the tone of the dialogue is correct. I'm making sure the sequence of events uh, is consistent, etc. There's many things to check, right? And you can do a lot of that on your own. The kind of feedback I would get in a writing group, for example, is um, 
more macro level and and helpful for that reason people will be like oh i don't like this character at this point or i don't think she would do that here or i i didn't like that this MacGuffin was suddenly introduced why would we never hear about that before things like right. that uh which are maybe harder for the uh, author to spot and that's why writing it's really helpful so the feedback yeah there, there's to break down the feedback section of where mm-hmm. you can get feedback from um it really depends what you're adapting the end product to and there may be several stages of this mm-hmm. it could be uh that you're evaluating and adapting to uh your own vision your own you know starting vision of what the thing should be it could be that you're adapting to efficiency or correctness in some way um so you know you're correcting flaws or making making the thing more efficient somehow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh or it could be that you're uh thinking about the market for your product or the audience for your art Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and at that stage obviously it's useful to get prospective you know uh, consumers of your product or art to give you to give you that direct feedback and and how they engage with what you've made Mm -hmm. so what i've done here today is i've kind of presented this iteration loop as something that is happening anyway right it's not i'm not saying that oh once you learn this it's going to just completely change your creative your creative work i actually think this is something you're doing anyway uh, as a mm-hmm. creative but the reason i think it's useful to highlight it and um and look at it well there's a couple of reasons the first is that once you know that this is um this is how you're doing things you can really take the pressure off yourself to make perfect work or something like that you can really like dampen your own perfectionism or uh expectations of yourself because you know that you're prototyping things before they're finished and you can feel much more comfortable with incomplete products and unfinished things and know that that they're they're within this loop that is um bringing them towards completion Mm -hmm. so that's the first thing is comfort with with the fact that you have a work in progress and and that's something I've I've always um that's something I found very useful is to just be to accept that things are unfinished when I don't you know I'm I'm not completely happy with how they how they are to accept that I'm working on them and that there's there's a process involved. And the second useful thing is to is is to to know that via this process it's not random there because this this process if you do follow this process of blueprinting prototyping bug hunting uh iteration um etc you will the product the art whatever it is will improve it's almost necessary if you have Mm -hmm. this if you have this set up correctly uh the feedback loop will be strong enough that you you know as long as you're um going along with the momentum of it and you're implementing the changes that it demands Mm -hmm. it will improve and this can be adapted to your your own life as well. Let's say you want to um, you want to go to the gym every morning, and you're coming up with ways to make that easier for yourself to do. You can try things out, figure out what works and what doesn't, figure out what you like and what you don't like about that you know morning routine. Let's say, and iterate on your morning routine. That's just another example of how this iteration process can work in your real life, like not even a product or a piece of art or something, and yeah again you keep what works and you throw away what doesn't and over the course of several implementations you'll end up with something that has a natural ease to it and a, and it fits as you know as best as possible with your lifestyle so i think that's really powerful something that i like in particular about this is that when we bring our focus to iterations, it allows us to let go of some of the urgency that we feel about reaching the end where it's like, you know, like, cause a lot of us, you know, we have goals and ambitions and there's a lot of impatience to get there and, and, and uh, a basic um, distaste or just like a, like a trying to skip past the, skip past the beginning stages in order to just expedite the process of getting to the end stages which of course, as you and I know, it like it only slows things down. It kind of puts us on a burnout course if we're just, you know, sprinting, you know, to the end of what's a marathon. Like you know, you put yourself out of commission pretty soon. And so when we take the emphasis and put it on iterations and just perfecting the iterations, so and just and letting that be a source of enjoyment, like just and a source of pride, even where you can just continue to develop your iterations and make it into your own art form, your own personal thing and a source of um a source of flow 
then it allows you to forget momentarily about the end state. And that can be very powerful. Then it's like you can actually just move into the enjoyment of the entire thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you absolutely nailed that. Uh, taking the pressure off like moment to moment um, creativity. Like you don't have to be so concerned about this final thing. And like you say, you can perfect this iterative loop and, and really be proud of it. Really be proud yes. of um, this wheel of creativity. Uh, and, and that's something... I can tell you in my writing life, I've, I I do really enjoy when it's like that, when it feels like, I guess it's a kind of flow, but it's almost like a macro flow because it's not minute to minute. It's, it's day to day or week to week or month to month even of feeling right. like you're, you're getting the best out of this machine, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of, so it's a machine that you get to rebuild as well. So, so it's a machine you're constantly using, but you get to tinker with the machine itself as well. You can... You can iterate on the iterative loop itself, right? Um, which is pretty meta, but uh, you can design these iterative loops so that they themselves work more efficiently as well. I hope this makes sense. I hope this not this isn't too abstract. I hope like I'm trying to talk about it in sort of general terms so that for uh, our listeners, hopefully you can apply this um, to whatever it is that you're working on in 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 your product in your productivity or self-improvement life I, I do think this is a very general principle yes absolutely well it, it might be helpful to you know kind of put in a few different contexts as well just to kind of show like how it can be applied like so like if we were to return to say this idea of working out and exercising which is you know like a really sticky thing for a lot of people it just gives people a lot of trouble because you know, we always want to procrastinate on just like exerting a ton of physical effort. Like there's nothing like kind of on its face about it that's particularly attractive. Um, but but when we focus, when we bring our when we bring our attention away from trying to say lose weight or like get six pack abs or like, you know, become skinny or become buff or, or whatever, whatever's like the end goal or to achieve a certain BMI or to achieve a certain weight. If we can let go of the part where we're just trying to get there and we're trying to skip past the exercise, basically like the exercise is something that we're trying to get through in order to get to that, that end state. Then what we can do is we can start focusing on, on cycles like what we're discussing here, blueprint, prototype, feedback, iteration. Because when we do that, then what like the biggest obstacle that we're going to run into is, is how we won't be able to do as much all at once as we want to do. In other words, we'll go through a single iteration loop and we'll be dissatisfied with it usually because it's like oh my god we should be able to do much more than this we should be able to go much further with this than we otherwise are the trouble that a lot of people will run into when they go when they start with their exercise or weight loss or muscle building journey is that they will find that they just can't get as much done as they want they can't lift as much as they want they can't run as far as they want and their iterations are lacking as compared to what they believe they could do later on and so if we can just focus on assigning ourselves a level of work that matches our level of ability and let that be enough and let go of this idea of i'm supposed to be able to do more than i am right now and just let all that go then what happens is we can enter into the flow state with our iterations and then as you said we can start tinkering with it which means that we can get more done over time and our iterations be can become increasingly powerful over time. And that's how we can grow in strength and lose more weight and become really adept on the, you know, in the world of exercise by meeting ourselves at our current level of ability. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, to drill down into exercise, um, <clears throat> So let's say it's lifting weights. Again, I really do assert this is something people already do. I'm not proposing something new here. This is uh, this is just an analysis of something that we all already do, right? It's just it's just um I think that acknowledging the system is there uh is useful in some ways. So let's say lifting weights. Uh I want to lift I mean it might not even be that I even have a goal. Maybe I'm just lifting weights, right? So I go to the gym and I, I lift these weights. My blueprint is I'm going to I'm going to build muscle, right? That's my plan. I'm going to get 
big biceps or something. Mm. Um, my prototype is the act of lifting weights, I guess. And the feedback is like how hard it was. Did it hurt me? Did it damage me? Am I getting, if I have a trainer, do I get feedback on my form or what exercises I should be doing at, when I go to the gym? So I've got physical feedback from my body telling me what happened. Um, you know, whether it hurt, whether it was easy. And then using that feedback, if it was too easy, I can raise the weights if I want to build my muscle. Uh, if, uh, you know, you combine this iterative loop and, and any learning, of course, with reading more about it and studying. So if I'm reading about weightlifting, I might see, oh, so if I want to build muscle, I want to do higher um, higher uh, weights, larger weights with lower amounts and uh, and iterate on that. So then I go back to the gym the next day and maybe after I'm comfortable with doing a higher weight, the iteration is to raise that weight a little bit. Or let's talk about something like running every every day. You go for a run in the morning and you didn't enjoy it. Let's think about why you didn't enjoy it. You know, are your are your is your footwear comfortable? Was the route interesting? Were you listening to a podcast that you didn't like or did like? Would you would you rather listen to music? Was the weather uh, good? You know, were you wearing um, clothes suitable for running? Did you get too hot or too cold? And you can take all of that as your own feedback again from your body. We're talking about exercise from your body and how you felt, your mental state, etc. And you can iterate on that. That's when you have to be creative and come up with solutions to the problems that you've observed. And you try something new. Maybe instead of listening to uh, the audiobook you're listening to, you try listening to some pumped up music or something like that. And you find that that helps you when you're running, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah. So that, that's just within the realm of exercise. Within the realm of, um, of art, let's say painting, you can, uh, let's say you're, you're doing figure drawing. You can get feedback from yourself of comparing your work to artists that you admire. You can get feedback from mentors, other artists who are mentors, saying, telling you what's right and what's wrong. Uh, technical feedback, you know, hold the pen like this or use this brush in Photoshop or whatever. I mean, the, fundament, the fundamental uh, core of, iter of the iterative loop is repetition. And repetition is crucial anyway to improving at anything of course it's familiarity with the medium and it's it's uh familiarity with your engagement with the medium and your your own skill so the iterative loop is like repetition squared right it's like controlled improve improving repetition um so like i said i really do think this is happening anyway with everything like let's say you're cooking an omelet right let's say you're a great uh omelet chef the way you got there I assert is you got there via a process of iteration. You made your first omelet one day, years ago maybe, and you figured out what worked and what didn't, what you liked about it and what you didn't like about it. And maybe you read some recipes as well. You got some feedback from a friend who ate your omelet. <laughs> and you were able to, you know, take that and, you know, maybe add some other uh, things into your omelet and, and try new techniques, etc., and come to a more perfect omelet and now you're famous for it or something, right? Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, this is happening all the time. And I think the what's good again about knowing that this is happening and really being able to spot your own iterative loops in your own life is at that point, you can really like ask yourself, you can look at, you can sort of do this meta thing where you can analyze and evaluate your own iterative loops and even improve those. You know, you can say, am I evaluating, am I getting proper feedback in this iterative loop? Am I evaluating that feedback correctly? Am I being creative enough in how I come up with solutions in this iterative loop? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because, you know, as you're talking about this, right, like this is a, uh, it's a beautiful strategy. And I hear what you're saying also, how you're not, you're not claiming to have invented it. It's just like, you know, this is what a lot of us do, like when we go about iterations. And um, but something that strikes me is that in my own experience, as I've attempted to work with this kind of thing, I will have streaks where I'm just, I'm on a streak of going through these iterations and getting better and better and better and stronger and stronger and stronger. And then every once in a while, the whole effort collapses. And, you, and sometimes it'll come in the form of, it'll come like in the form of an external kind of failure, like, you know, some, my conditions change or something. Or, um, and more often than not, it'll be just like a total lack of, um, of motivation for it anymore. Like suddenly I'll just, 
I'll just, I won't have the wherewithal to continue or I'll, I'll lose interest or something will happen along the way where I'm just like, all like, it doesn't matter how hot or how good the streak was. I'll just get to a point where I just simply cannot seem to get myself to continue with it. And, um, I was wondering if that happens to you every once in a while, like as you go about this structure. Yeah, it does happen to me. And I will say, like, my analysis of this is quite novel to me as well. Uh, this is something I'm going to think about more in the weeks ahead and try and implement more. Mm -hmm. But I've really thought of it. I mean, that's one of the great things about this podcast is it's making me think a lot more about my lifestyle and about my productivity and my creativity. So that's been really nice. But it's I, I haven't really implemented this uh, to a huge extent yet, um, at least not understood, not knowingly so. But um, in terms of that feeling of that everything collapses at some point that may be mm -hmm. somewhat external to this right it might not be a function of the actual iterative loop itself obviously i didn't mention you know there's lots of other things going on in life if if you're going for a run every mo morning and or you've got a certain morning routine and you've got that iterative loop up and going but then you you know you have um a bereavement or something or something traumatic happens in your life and somehow you're jolted out of that you know that routine then that's obviously you know that's the things like that happen in life and uh you can't really you can't really plan for every possible interruption or um interference from just life events or yeah things like that yeah well okay so here's something that's occurring to me too that that's it's kind of interesting and uh i'll do my best to articulate this because it's just it's sort of uh it's almost coming up from my unconscious in a way because it's like in a way, we have we have a structure that accounts for failure or like, you know, say chaos or something where it's like, it's like, okay, you know, the blueprint, the prototype where it's like, you know, it starts off with, okay, like, you know, here's the ideal that we're going for. The prototype is like our first attempt to actually make it. And then, and then we go through like, you know, the, the feedbacks, the edits, the bugs, the improvements and all of that. And, and in there is the basic admission that what we're making may not necessarily succeed and it's kind of like we're creating a little bit of a space for there to be failure so that we can figure out what can be done in order to make it into something good and so that's and so that's something and so we want to keep doing this in a, in a cyclic way we want to you know, keep going through cycles of this because that's how we make our omelets amazing and so there's that but what will happen is even that will happen within the, a gestalt of a greater structure where it like we'll go through these and then maybe maybe we'll just get so fed up with omelets somewhere along the way, five years down the line. And it's like, man, I hate omelets. <laughs> it just and it, it, it sometimes comes on like that or just, you know, I don't know what I'm doing and I, I hate omelets. And, you know, and then we just kind of put the whole thing down and then but that can be really valuable because sometimes if we can step away from the omelet making endeavor for a little while, then in a way there's like a meta structure of blueprint prototype feedback iterations going on there too. Something like that may have to return to that a little bit later, but there's, there's something in there about even, even like the, the, um, the process itself going through multiple iterations. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. I think that's true. It's got it's got several levels to it because as you were talking about the omelet, you know, if you want to be a good cook or chef, mm -hmm. that's obviously having this iterative loop for many recipes, perhaps, right? If you're if you're an inventor right. of recipes, or or at least the execution of those recipes. So mm -hmm. there's individual there's iterative loops on the very small scale of I want to do this exact thing as good as possible as well as possible. But there's iterative loops on the larger scale of, you know, can you apply that same iterative process to another thing you know to another right. end product mm -hmm. so can i use that same iterative process of how i how i came up with the best omelet to making the best uh, milkshake or something mm -hmm. i'm not that inventive about food <laughs> <laughs> I, I the first thing i thought it was a milkshake <laughs> and what you're saying as well um something you said earlier failure is so important to this process although you don't have to view it as failure because it's it's something you're just coming across as part as part of the cause as part of the learning journey um it's another word for this would be trial and error right it's a con constant cycle of trial and error and the error is super important because the error is the part where you learn from it and correct for it 
Um, mm-hmm. So it, mm-hmm. being able to, th- this is a really crucial part of the loop. Well, there's two crucial parts of the loop. There is the inventiveness and creativity at the start, which hopefully you don't have too much to worry about. Uh, but I mean, that's something we talked about a bit on the launch episode. I think it's how to generate ideas, how to come up with you know solutions for problems kind of thing. And it's maybe something we talk about again. But the other core part of this iterative loop is the feedback and evaluation process. And that is something that you can you can really think about how you're doing that. Like, are you getting feedback? I mean, to come back to this omelette analogy, another way of, uh, of making an omelette is that you make the same omelette every day for years and years. And there is no feedback and there is no reason to improve it. And you just make the same omelet. It's not an especially good omelet, but you haven't sought out to improve it. So that's why. And if you did want to improve your omelet, you're going to have to figure out how to get feedback on it. Either you feed it to others or you you think about what you like and what you don't like about it yourself. Or you read some recipes and try and blueprint a better omelet. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really about, um, yeah, again, the headline for this is controlled improvement uh that of course is this hugely important thing in creative work because you're trying to develop a skill and developing a skill is all about controlled improvement you don't you don't want ran you don't want to be good at something one day randomly and bad at something another day you want to you want to be able to scale up all of your skills uh similarly so that you're able to produce good work right Mm -hmm. absolutely and yeah controlling this feedback uh, loop is also really important and just to talk about that on an individual level that's a that's another skill that you can improve at so if it's just you analyzing your own work and giving feedback to yourself there are obviously two extremes here that are ba- both bad there's being overly critical of your own work where you just think you suck all the time mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of artists have this they produce their work and they look at it and they say why am i even doing this this is terrible this looks this drawing right. yeah. looks rubbish this writing reads horribly um and it's easy to do that you know that's m- more of a mindset thing it's really how you you know whether you're looking at your own work and just looking down on it and obviously that's a very negative thing and it's not going to help you because if everything's bad there's nothing to iterate on and the other way around is if you if you really can't see any flaws if you don't if you don't have a good way of critically engaging with your own work and either you're too close to it so that you can't see its flaws or you uh, you just haven't developed that critical skill with your with your medium of choice in general. So you're not able to analyze your own your own work in that way. And um, mm-hmm. with that, if you're an artist, then you need to develop an artist's eye uh, with writing. Then you need to be a good reader and an analytical reader and, and know what you like and don't like. Uh, so with with all of this stuff. Um, having that appropriate level of feedback uh especially if it's from yourself because that's within your control is super important to getting a really good iterative loop going and being able to improve more efficiently and faster do you find that you're able to are you able to silence your inner critic during the blueprint and prototype phases or does that still kind of spout off even as you're kind of like making the first iteration of something a great question because that is something in writing I learned very early on to do because it's absolutely necessary. If you if you're criticizing yourself every step of the way, you're never going to get anything done. So um, yeah, so something I learned very early on. I think it was it was phrased in different terms. That we weren't talking about you know iterative loops or anything, but yeah, silencing that inner critic. Just just writing. Uh, there's this phrase in writing: write drunk, edit sober. So it's kind of like that. Uh, you write whatever right and then and then a lot of the work is done in the edit after the fact after you've got all this raw material on the page and i think this goes for a lot of different creative things you you just get your raw materials out there you create and then you uh you edit you sculpt you carve and you make it into its final form after that mm-hmm. so yeah absolutely uh, in in the creation of that raw material as little mm-hmm. Im- impedance as possible is good i think there's really something to be said about that because I found, and I found this with like a lot of people I work with, and uh, I'm curious if this is also your finding that that it's almost like there's these two aspects of us when it comes to creation, where there's the part of us that is just like intensely creative and visionary, and then there's this other part that's the critic, and and I find that when I'm away from my workstation, 
So if I, and if, or if it's like a Saturday night and I'm not about to go get something done or, or if I'm just kind of, you know, safely away from work, that's actually when my greatest create creative ideas come on where it's like, okay, like, oh my God, I know what to do. And I like, it be struck with all these visions and all this clarity and all this insight. And it's like, I know exactly what to do. But then when it comes time where it's like maybe say Monday morning or Tuesday afternoon, and it's time to kind of arrive at my desk and kind of do something suddenly that that sparkling creativity is not there it's replaced with this heavy critic is that something you find yeah i mean um i think the analogy here and i think we talked about this a couple of episodes on the launch episode um is that ideas are shiny and you can have them wherever and what again what i try to do is i try and get them out of my head and write them all down so that they're uh re-accessible later but like yeah. at the time, right? So you'll carry like a notepad oh, or something? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I do a lot of it digitally. So often it's on my phone, um, oh. uh, some kind of uh, note storage. But you could absolutely carry a notepad or whatever. Just get it out of your head and write it down so that you can recover it later. And and do occasionally go through your notes, you know, go through your notes, browse through it, remind yourself what you were thinking a month ago or a week ago and and and, and think about where, you know, how you might want to work on that further or incorporate it into into any other creative things that you're working on because it's weird because it's like the like the creative element or the the critical element of us it's sort of it creates this sort of narrow conduit like it it chokes off the the creative flow of things and and this skill that you're talking about of being able to just get something out without letting the critical element of us get in the way and you know one of the ways being to take notes when inspiration's there so that it's ready when you need it that becomes a very important skill in all of this because because you know that critical element in the blueprinting prototyping phase um, it will it will grind the creation process it'll grind that process to a halt i find so it becomes a very important skill in a conversation like this to just set the critic aside to get good at setting the critic aside yeah, I mean, it's also just not a real critic. It's kind of a phantom. It's kind of this false yes. demon in a way, because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the real criticism is when you've got the thing in front of you to critique, and um, that's a, that's right. after the prototype stage. So if you if you're having trouble at the blueprint stage, what we're calling the blueprint stage, the planning stage of this inner critic saying, "Oh, this doesn't work," or whatever, that you can just ignore that, and you should ignore that, and you should, uh, I mean to an extent if it really doesn't work in some absolute sense i guess that i guess you know you should listen to that but that's if the blueprint itself doesn't work in in any conceivable sense but otherwise that kind of critical engagement before you've even made the prototype doesn't make any sense you make the prototype in order to critically engage with it and you, you just you can't do it before that that's the whole point yeah yeah that's a, that's a very important point yeah it's like the fruitlessness of critiquing something that's not even made yet and so exactly. all that's happening is just like the creation process is just slowed down with no benefit yeah absolutely well it may just be ground to a halt like you said it may not even happen right and and that's definitely something i struggle with i think i think i have a lot of um it's not it's not that i'm critiquing my work before i've written anything but it i do have a certain amount of like fear of there's some kind of fear that stops me getting to the process of starting writing i find that when i'm up and writing when i'm really when i just get going at something the same goes for other things in my life i'm fine with it it's fine like go, doing exercise or going to the gym once i'm there I'm, I'm happy i'm like into it i really enjoy it but sometimes there's this impotence that comes before is a little bit of that fear of i guess it is that sort of um critique before the fact of i'm not going to enjoy this or i'm not going to like this or this isn't going to pay mm -hmm. off mm -hmm. uh and I, yeah i i really am trying to work on on um on balancing that out with the knowledge that once once i start on these things once i'm into this iterative loop things things are good and, and you know, better than good you know they're improving mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. so and like i said this is kind of a novel framework for me as well so i'm going to take this going forward and try and apply it to all sorts of things so we'll awesome. see and, and and yeah so talking about that fear i do think that this model gives you more license to be creatively fearless and that is because yes. you know that uh, the prototype, the prototype stage, isn't the finished product stage, and that knowledge let, can let you be more comfortable of producing something that is, you know, defective or, or flawed. And you should be comfortable with that because that is exactly what the creative process is. That is what learning a skill and is, and that's what 
creating anything of any value involves this process of of making less and less flawed versions of that thing yeah 100 percent. so yeah i i'm really hoping to um to take that forward oh coming back to an analogy i said earlier uh mm-hmm. this process you can envision it like a wheel right and the wheel is the wheels of the uh car or cart that is your you know creative journey and if you imagine this cart with square wheels ill-fashioned wheels mm-hmm. you know it's going to have a lot of trouble movement a lot of trouble a lot of resistance in moving and the better the wheel the more uh you know <laughs> round essentially the wheel is the smoother it is on the axle the easier it turns and and supports the weight that's on it uh the more efficiently and the better you can move this cart of creativity not the most elegant um a- analogy but it'll it'll do no it. you know i was actually just thinking i really like that like to envision the whole thing as a wheel that just carries you forward yeah i i guess i was thinking the cart of creativity is the less mm-hmm. elegant part mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah it, it, the wheel it, i think the reason to envision it as a wheel the the reason that it's good as a wheel is because obviously the wheel is never the thing itself like wheels aren't um products in and of themselves really wheels are always attached to a thing that needs to move easier across whatever ground right and in that way this iterative loop is something that can be attached to different things and it's Mm -hmm. absolutely core to the process of getting this thing moving but it's kind of invisible and you may not think about it you may not realize that your wheels are misaligned or misshapen or whatever and once you cast an eye on it you can really say to yourself you know is this is this the best i can do right is this Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is this uh loop is the is the core of this zoomed out iterative loop as good as it can be and can i improve that and um Mm -hmm. i'm trying to think more about those uh those systems those sort of invisible systems in our lives that once you are aware of them and once you um once you acknowledge that they're there you can really sort of yeah improve these invisible things uh and it's something i'm trying to think about more in my own life I think, yeah, I would, I want to emphasize one more time. I think the most important, as it appears to me, the most important part and the greatest benefit of focusing on the iterative process, focusing on the iterative process is that it allows us to just bring our attention to creating a thing for ourselves that works, creating a vehicle for ourselves that works. And that allows us to focus our creative attention on improving making better, making it more effective, making it more hospitable and enjoyable. So we actually like what we're doing and the more attractive it becomes to us and the more we can tune into it and make it something that we like, the more we can just get lost in it as opposed to, and like, you know, still having our compass pointing in the right way, but the more we can just enjoy the process on a day by day basis of what we're doing and who we're becoming and the goals that we're moving towards instead of constantly trying to get ourselves into the future. And uh, I just think there's just so much power and so much freedom in that, that focusing on the iterative loops, it's, uh, it can be very liberating. Yeah. That's actually really uh, important what you said there. Cause uh, I, I did mention this earlier, but I didn't mention what you just said of um, focusing on comfort and ease of being able to do this thing and fun or whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. that creative spark and energy you can iterate with a uh, with a goal of anything. Of, of you can improve the iterative loop with several different goals. It could be efficiency, but it could also be comfort and ease and and fun and enjoyment and enthusiasm. And yeah, that's that's so you know making something, doing something, and having the discipline to do something is is difficult and and certainly laudable. But mm-hmm. even better and more you know more. Uh, aligned with your lifestyle might be to make that thing as enjoyable and comfortable and easy as it could possibly be. Right. 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 And also, and then with it, releasing ideas about the process that is no longer helpful. So it's like a lot of, a lot of us carry ideas that like say, you know, what we're doing necessarily must be difficult or that it's going to be difficult for a certain period of time. Or that, you know, we ha- we're kind of set up for a certain amount of struggle until we get there. Like kind of just letting these ideas go um, can also help us. It can, uh, it can lubricate the entire process. 
Yeah. We should maybe do an episode on that too. Limiting beliefs. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we will. (laughs) Okay. uh, Should we get into our three takeaways? Yeah, that sounds good. Mm, I have to think about, well, my first takeaway, I guess, is, is the concept of the iterative loop, which is uh, blueprinting, prototyping, feedback, and then finally evaluation and iteration. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the first uh, the first takeaway is to acknowledge that that exists. And maybe um, you could try and isolate things in your life that use this iterative loop. Like I say, I think you're doing this already. Um, I'm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing it already, Brent, in all kinds of different ways in our lives. And I think uh, whatever you do, you know, it could be at work or at home or in hobbies. Um, you're doing this in all sorts of different ways. I think if you just look for it, you'll see how you're doing mm-hmm. it. And uh, along with that, I'll just say to look at those, uh, look at those iterative loops and analyze them. Like, are they as good as they could be? Could they themselves be improved in some ways? So that's my mm-hmm. first takeaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second takeaway would be to make your iterative loops into your own personal sanctuary. Like make customize it into something that is just yours, something that is attractive to you, that pulls you into it, and it's not and it's not something that you're just trying to get through. That would be the way to enter into like your best creative flow and to and to really and ultimately to expedite the process of going where you're going. It's, it makes it the quickest possible way. Yeah, it's like a double whammy. You get something that you like and it's also very, very helpful. Right. Uh I would call that customized wheels. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And then for my third and final takeaway, and this is something I'm going to be thinking about a lot in the weeks ahead, because this is a hang up of mine. I want to use this notion of the iterative loop and the reminder that this is how we work on creative projects as a reminder to be creatively fearless. Um, and to yes. step into that first step of blueprinting and then into prototyping with zero fear and zero self-doubt and critique with the knowledge that I'm just at the first stage of this larger process, uh, which which is inevitably going to improve and, you know, cut away the corners and, and get better and better. Right on. Cool. Well, I'll report back how I implement this stuff. Uh, uh, I, I am learning along with you all (laughs) so yeah but i hope that was interesting yeah it was yeah thank you for that thank you for sharing more about your writing process too yeah that's still something i don't know a whole lot about so yeah it's great yeah well i'm thinking about making more um i'm more dedicated writing advice content uh on my youtube channel uh, at some point so i'll i'll let everyone know about that when that's available i i try and keep stuff on this podcast as applicable as possible across creative disciplines and across the kind of self-improvement spectrum but yeah i'm happy to dig into to the writing obviously it's not applicable to everyone right 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 fair enough sweet man well this has been great yeah speaking of um youtube channels brent you have a youtube channel don't you where can people find you online yeah right 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 okay so so you can find me online so first of all uh, i have a whole bunch of uh free downloads and trainings for sustainable high level productivity on my website it's just brentheras.com uh b-r-e-n-t-h-u-r-a-s.com and you can also just put my name in youtube and you'll see me with a whole bunch of videos telling you how to live your life that's there too and yeah those would be the major ways to find me you can also uh, look me up on twitter my handle is brent the coach and you can find what me personally. Uh, you can find me personally at D Whitechapel on Twitter, and uh, be, feel free to get in touch. And you can get in touch with the podcast um, at Skyward underscore Spiral on Twitter, or you can email us at theskywardspiral at gmail And we'd really love to hear from you. We say this every week, but we'd love to hear from you this week about your iterative loops or uh, what you thought of this idea and how it applies in your own life. Maybe you've already been thinking about things like this. Uh, I'd be really interested, especially to hear what kind of uh, creative or whatever discipline it is that, you know, why you're listening to this podcast and what you want to apply this improved productivity towards and how you think this concept of iterative loops intersects with that. That will be really interesting, I think. 
So yes, yeah, I agree. That'd be cool. So yeah, please m- email in or, or tweet at us and uh, and let us know what your thoughts are. Beautiful. Okay, great. That's it for this week. I uh, hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. We're a little over halfway through the, our first season, and then we will iterate on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. So, and thanks for joining us so far. Uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Skyward Spiral. This show was edited by myself, and the musical themes are brought to you by Batchberg Music. Information and resources on today's topic can be found in the episode description. Please rate and review the podcast on your preferred podcast app. It really helps. See you next time. <laughs>